And we are back with another Black Widow Cream Podcast, new episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real Verse World. And today's special guest is my guy, Chris Yoder, one of the top EDM videographers and photographers in the game who paved the way for so many creators in the space. Yoder currently tours full-time with Zed, but has worked with the biggest DJ names in the industry, such as Tiesto, Steve Aoki, and Carnage, just to name a few. Some of the things you're going to hear about in this episode are the moment Yoder thought his life was over after he lined up an insurance sales job and decided to start making videos to live out his final months in college, not knowing at that time that he would never go back to a normal job. His come up in the Chicago nightlife scene after he wrote his contact info on a napkin and gave it to a DJ named Calendar, who ended up linking him with local clubs and gave him a couch to sleep on. Yoder's dedication to becoming the dominant video creator in Chicago nightlife by shooting everything and turning around videos overnight even if it took sleeping in a recording studio for a year. His first tour opportunity ever with Carnage in Asia, where he started to create the webisode series that would set the standard for tour videos. The offer he received to tour with Zed full-time after only three days of working with him for the first time. All of this and so much more, Yoder's story is a testament to grinding your ass off, taking every opportunity that comes your way and turning around content quickly. He dives into every detail of how he climbed the ranks from skate videos in his hometown to local clubs in Chicago to motherfucking world tours man if you are a creator who wants to shoot music and one day tour with some of the biggest acts in the world i promise you you are going to want to take notes on this episode but first if this is the first time tuning the podcast you are probably wondering and without further ado i bring to you this episode with chris yoder and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. Chris Yoder, welcome to the podcast, man. Yes, thank you for having me. How's it feel? It's good. I was I was just saying a minute ago, this is my first pop first cock. First cockpit. <laughs> let's 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 get it cock. cock. <laughs> Shitty doing a Q1. I knew it was the blue oh one. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, to preface this, damn, this is where it starts. Dave, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> He's gonna roast my Dave's gonna roast my ass so hard. All right, right before we started this, yes. I just told Chris about how there was this one time where Dave fucked up saying two words at once where he said popping and cracking at the same time, and it turned into the word, let's get it cocking. Let's get it cocking. So then I made that little ass And I basically just did the same thing. <laughs> you did the what same thing. What did I mesh up? I basically I just know. said, like, cock. cock. <laughs> let's, the, let's, let's get it cocking. That's the illest way to start the podcast. So, all right, Chris Yoder's in the house today, yeah. everybody. Round of applause. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Dude, how you doing, bro? Good. Um, yeah, like I was trying to say, this is my first podcast. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. It. But we'll, we'll we'll get into it. Yeah, there's nothing to be nervous. But you got your your jacket around your. You look yeah, dapper. You look like you're ready for a podcast play, recording. Play tennis. Um. So you were up till you were had a late night last night, right? Yeah. Um. I feel like that's what I do when I come to LA. Yeah. Uh. Recently, I moved to San Diego. Nice. Congrats. Um. From from Chicago to San Diego, and I feel like I'll spend a lot of time between LA and and San Diego trying to figure out if I wanted to be here 
or there and i just kind of realized that San Diego i love it? being up here but yeah. you know i it's yeah i party a lot when i'm up here right i feel like that or is it easy to like get like back to work like i think it's just that like over the years I, you know living in chicago for so long and yeah. like kind of making a name for myself out there that like when whenever i'm in la there's so many friends that i see on the road but you never really get to actually spend time right. with them that like when i'm in la like if I post something on like social media or whatever it is, is it's just like everyone's like, yo, yo let's hang out. Yeah, you know? this is happening. And, this is happening. I'm totally down for it. Right. So um, yeah, we went. What did we do last night? I had some good homies that are recently blowing up called Drama out of Chicago. They're on like a little sold out tour and oh dope. Went to that show uh, last night and then wound up at like a, a Carl Cox uh, after party. There you go. Yeah. That last till five a.m. and yeah, something like that. Had you fucking waking up kind of rough this morning. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But you made it to the podcast. Yeah, we're here. We are and here. We're doing it. Um, I, I was telling you that this is probably, I, I get this comment all the time, get Chris Yoder on the podcast. Yeah. And this has been happening since, I think I started fucking Black Window Cream almost three years ago, which yeah. is cool. So the creative community applauds you for being here, man. Well, thank you for having me. You, you, okay, first, our backstory of meeting, we, yeah. it's funny because we both were questioning how it happened. Yeah. And I had vaguely remembered meeting you in Chicago forever ago. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Facebook to try to verify it. And then my first comment to you, <laughs> which I have on my computer, was me commenting on your Facebook wall saying, sorry, I was looking up your video stuff and actually added you. Maha, <laughs> which is still how I talk today. Well, but that was in 2012. 2012, man. Uh, yeah. But that was my crap. ploy, I think, to Eight like make you, in my head, I was probably like, I'll just act like I fucking accidentally added him yeah. and they'll be like, who are you? And yeah. he'll probably see somehow that I'm really dope. Let me creep your shit. Yeah. And then he, maybe he'll let me work for him someday. I mean, you were like, when were you doing Schoolboy Q? <sighs> that was way later. That was 2016. Was like I really remember. I mean, it's crazy though. If you think about it, like that era of like creating videos, like the only place you were putting your content was maybe on Facebook and, yeah. and YouTube and YouTube. And so like Facebook was the way of like networking. It was, it was like to count. Like I, I, as I was going through, it's funny, you drop a carnage video and yeah. I would comment on your wall as if it was a comment for that video. So like, there's no context to what I'm talking about. If you look at it now, yeah, yeah. Where I'm just like, God damn, that was so funny when you did blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't make any fucking sense. If no, you look at it now, no. no one would ever do that. <laughs> but that's what it was back then. But yeah. it's crazy. I remember meeting you in Chicago. You were Seth Bunting. Shout out to Seth for, for this. Cause hey, I think Seth. he was, I saw him and knew him and then by yeah. trade met you. And it was outside of Paris club late one night when I was with Whitney Noble, who yeah. you also know. Yeah. Uh, and I remember meeting you and then I like went home and just started studying you, I think. Sure. Cause you've been crushing it at that time. You were already like doing a lot of, you guys had literally had camera shit in Chicago. You guys were like, yeah, we we're just at this other nightclub and we shoot all these nightclubs and Seth was like yeah. breaking it down. Like, do we just work with all these cool artists that come through? And, and that's just what we've been doing is like building a name for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it just, it was like, uh, man, I just, I, I, one night I was at a club, like brought my camera with there was my good homie that i grew up with he used to skate you know that's how we got all got like cameras in our hands yeah, i feel like course. you know skate videos or making jackass videos mm-hmm. or whatever it was and um i put the camera down for years and then one night one of my homies was like yo i'm playing this club why don't you come through brought my camera met like a resident dj there connected with him and then he got me a gig at the at one of the local clubs out there called Spy Bar, which is still around. They've been around for like 20, 25 years. Yeah, I, was, I looked that up. I was like, oh shit, this is still a thing. Yeah, but that's kind of like, that's kind of how it started. It was just one club and then it was like networking with people throughout, you know, just Chicago in general. And then nightclub turned into a bigger nightclub, right. into like a bigger venue, into a bigger promoter, into like doing festivals and then 
damn and then artists but basically. that's over the span of what how many years do you think like to, to get like kind of into like the, the the big leagues yeah i think you know I, I started i think i started like being like hey i can make a, a living off of this possibly like in 2010 or 2011 right. yeah okay cool um and then yeah i think it was like four years four years of like grinding in chicago before like anybody bought me a flight to go damn to go do something right you know? yeah so yeah it took it took a and it's crazy because a lot of people these days are you know now that we and we can dive into this later but like the company that we started so many people hit us up and it's like hey i've been doing this for like six months and i'm like i'm ready to tour and i'm like no you're not no yeah <laughs> you know you gotta like start locally right build your brand build your name make a name for yourself and and uh just take your time with it I know we can obviously get into the, the company. Um, so sure. we had Joe Larkin on yeah, here. Yeah. Shout out to Joe. Yeah. And Lark. it's you three. There's three people, right? That Yeah, it's me, Joe, Jay Lark, and, and James Winterhalter. To start, oh yeah, Winterhalter. Yeah. I saw, talked about his name is so far. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that's yeah. a real name. <laughs> um, but Curza, you guys started that <laughs> as like uh, uh, to bridge the gap for creatives to the to the artists, right? That's essentially Yeah, it. I mean, it was like, it's funny. When I, was tour when I used to tour with Carnage, Carnage always just with his personality you know, he's like dude boss up like start managing kids out on the road and and at that point in time that was like around 2015 yeah. 2016 like you know i was still like really kind of trying to establish myself in the scene and make a name for myself and figure right. out you know what i was really doing i wasn't ready to do it and um but he was the one that first kind of was like put the idea in my head mm. and then um and then just years down the road i was always connecting artist management with shooters and like i can only oversee so much to the point where i'm like hey you go out you go do this but if something bad wouldn't happen it kind of would fall on me yeah but back, like yo why'd you intro to me this dude this isn't what, what, what we wanted or whatever it was so i was kind of like all right so maybe this is a thing that where where i should be overseeing stuff but if we're gonna do that we're gonna have to make make it like a legit business you right know? i'm not gonna be like spending all this time to like oversee content or whatever it may be and like for someone to go shoot for like 400 bucks real quick last minute yeah <laughs> like, like uh, giving uh, someone a golden ticket to just like get plugged and then you know not yeah i mean it's business is business you gotta like if you're gonna put the time in, you gotta like be compensated for no it. so true I, I i've always dealt with like struggling with that mm -hmm. as a middleman because everyone knows it's like oh cool you have this black one cream shit is that like a production company or whatever i'm like sure. pseudo but like we have access to creatives and then people are like i need someone for this i need someone for this and i'm yeah. like all right it's not I, I don't have time like no. I don't, there's no time so you really have to i feel like i think we got into it with joe it was like i think it's admirable to start something uh that's legitimate in that sense because that's the hours that you guys spent those four years that you put in grinding yeah, before yeah. anyone even fucked with you on that yeah. level where these people just want to hop in and yeah. literally go hammer six months into owning a whatever camera it is that has cool autofocus and i mean dude there there are there are it's insane like I hate saying kids, but just the younger, the younger age group that is like starting to create content. Like the, the content is like insane these days. Well, uh, they, we've had a, people like us create shit that is easy for them to see or, or these legends that make tutorials that explain how to do X, Y, Z at yeah. this point. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't remember it being a re that's why I started this in the first place was like create a resource by talking to legends like you sure. to be able to identify how a how you got here be the work that it took sure because a lot of people don't fucking get that that's part of it uh, that's yeah, actually yeah, all of it gotta spend a lot of time like I spent a lot of time you know yeah. and it's funny because like when I, when I was like doing clubs in Chicago I thought like I've made it right 
this is so dope. Yeah. I'm going to be at spy bar for like the next 15 years, you know? <laughs> and, like and, but then, yeah, <laughs> but then you like start realizing like, okay, like it wasn't even in my, my mind to like tour with artists. I right. was just like, I was so focused on just like the next step. And I feel like for some people out there, just be focused on the next step. Don't like try to chase the end goal and try to accomplish everything within like a year. Yeah. You know, of course. And enjoy the, enjoy like the process of it. Yeah. You know? Cause Your I look development's back, crazy, right? I look back, man. And I'm just like, man, I would, I would kill the, you know, I love where I'm at today, but I would kill to go back to the nights where I was like hanging out with nightclubs and just like meeting people and like, creating those experiences and networking like it was just so new and fresh and exciting and 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 i feel like as you continue you know your career process like for this industry that we do right there's 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 different um little eras that you're always kind of like passing through and you know like where i'm at right now right now i feel like this is what what i'm going to do for the rest of my life but you know yeah in in a year or two i could be doing something completely different but i i know we kind of like veered off a little bit but what i was saying is that people putting in putting in the time um putting in the time to like get where to where they are but i was saying that there's really young talented guys that like even if they've only been doing it for six months there are guys out there that are crushing it to the point where they can like they can hop on the road but that's what we're just trying to do with the with the company is really get a, a good understanding of like who shooters are as individuals right and uh also making sure that we we spend the time i mean majority of the artists that are like contacting us to help provide service on the road or management and oversee these shooters on the road we've all three of us me jay lark and and james we've all pretty much toured with these guys in the past so we have those those personal relationships with them to where they can come to us and trust us that like yeah hey you know like you know Timmy Trumpet, like he's he loves to party, he's crazy. Like we need a guy that's gonna be able to stay up till like seven a.m. in the morning and like get that content of them just like partying and having fun. Right. Or maybe there's a different artist that's like a, a little bit more quiet and just like wants their own time. And like you need a guy that can really read into, really read into that personality and be able to like shut off the camera when you want to shut off the camera. You know. So right. we really do spend our time really investing not only creatively what would suit the artist's brand, but like how you're how they're gonna mesh together on the road that's like half the battle you know it oh my god yeah you know man. you got to be able to hang it's we we always joke about it with dave because when dave came so dave was our was interning for this podcast and was yeah. cutting that yeah. and and had randomly told me i've told this story on every few times no one it's fucking dope anyway so mm-hmm. but he basically was like yo i want to come to la and work with you whenever and so so we can focus on the podcast and shit mm-hmm. and i happened to get the beyonce gig and so okay. i was re- and then they were like hey you can get an assistant and i was like okay who should i get for an assistant and he literally had just hit me like i want to come out and link and i was like fuck it we've been talking on online and through facetime and shit for like three months but i feel mm-hmm. confident that he could figure it out but at the same time, no idea what his backstory, like what it what it would be like with him on set. Like, sure. would he be normal around uh, like right. the biggest artists I've ever worked with, and could right. he handle like the workload and shit? But it was like through trust. But that's such a risk to take, especially when it's like your name, right? Like, totally. He could have came here and been an asshole or been like a fucking pervert or something. I don't know yeah, some yeah, shit yeah. that he's definitely not. Yeah. And then destroy my relationship sure. with that person, right? Sure. So, so you guys create like this amazing vetting process of like really understanding these creators Mm -hmm. obviously it's one thing to understand the artist but like to really understand your creator so you know who to go to in the pool for select jobs yeah exactly i mean don't don't get me wrong like with with any process of of creating a business or whatever you're going to run into problems and there's we you know we've had we've had our fair share of like things that didn't go as planned but like for the most part like we've, we've we've done we do our research and make sure that we 
you know, connect all the dots and put the guys on the road with the, the right artists. Well, at the end of the day, it's like, man, I mean, they're going to find someone regardless. And every once in a while, you're going to run into like a bad egg. Like yeah. it, that shit happens yeah. naturally. Like totally. just, you never know what an artist is like, especially with the artists. Cause they're so they're fucking artists. You know what I mean? Yeah. These people are the craziest of them all. So like trying to find someone that can understand or hang, like sometimes you just are tired. Like you can't do 7am nights. You really just can't. And you're like, this this ain't for me. I need someone I, I, I can't do it. Like, the, the more I tour, if, if I'm up till 7 a.m., I'm destroyed. Even if I'm not drinking. Even if I'm not drinking. Yeah. Or, or you know, like. It's it, kind of the wor- worse if you're I not drinking. I, it's like. Dude, if I drink. I actually can't drink and, and shoot. Really? Yeah. I can't do it. Start getting it, comfortable it, and shit. I, no, I just. Get, I don't know what it is. It's just like completely. Th- I don't know if it's like a creative thing or, or what it is, but I just like. I don't know if it's like it's, I get lazy, but yeah. like when I shoot, it just like it just throws me off. Right. So I'm always like waiting till uh, till that last song, and right. we'll walk off stage and take a shot, and we'll be good. <laughs> I feel that. So okay, before we, I mean moving forward. Yeah. Childhood. Yeah. Born and raised in Chicago. Born and raised in like the the northwest suburbs. So I'm, I grew up about like a probably similar to what you grew up in. Yeah. Kind of like cornfields. Yeah. Small town <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like 45 minutes to an hour out of out of the city. Um, very small town. I was actually just talking about this this morning with someone. Um, like graduating class, a grade school class of like 25 kids. Yep. Had like horses and pigs like next door to my, my, uh, my grade school. Yo, my shit was bigger than that, bro. We had, Where you? <laughs> we had a college town. All right. Oh, did yeah. True. <laughs> but it's yeah. The same no, shit. I mean, it's the yeah, same shit. Suburbs and cornfields basically. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Childhood Chil- was, uh, I mean, I guess camera came into play with the skating videos uh was jack jackass inspired like were you guys all totally, watching that shit and totally totally have jackass edits somewhere it so could it for you could it have gone two ways you either fall in that lane of like loving jackass and skateboarding and the, mm-hmm. the extreme sports style sure. of shit or you could have gone athlete route and been all about it and tried to you know fucking run some game on the court like did was it kind of like that? Like you saw it like that? Or did you participate in both? Like what kind of kid were you? Oh, I was totally like the skater kid. Yeah. Yeah. I used to rollerblade. I used to, like local shops would like supply me with clothing and stuff. Yeah. Like I, I used to like be all right. You were I, sick at it. Yeah. We'd, we'd do the handrails and stuff, the kink rails and Damn. like double sets and stuff like that. Like we were like Fuck. out on the streets, but um, yeah, definitely a skater kid. To, so not not the basketball jock player right yeah. I, f- I feel like it kind of I, I was into that shit in junior high shit and then sure. like moving forward like finding skateboarding i feel like really steered me the way i should have was supposed to go you right. know what i mean like i could i love sports but yeah i'm not meant to play fucking basketball nah you know what I, mean? I mean like grade school i always played all you know i played yeah. every, like i played volleyball i played basketball right. i played base you know you play all the sports when you're in grade school but then yeah. i remember uh high school i played like one year of basketball and I hated it. And I broke my arm like mid-season snowboarding. And I was like, this is amazing. It's, yeah, snowboarding? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I right. Like, I know. No more basketball practice. Right. Where, what was the ski resort that you guys would go to? What, what's it? Wilmot. Wilmot? Wilmot. It was like, I mean, it's like more of like a hill. Yeah, right. Like, it's nothing. I remember there was something in Chicago. I can't remember. Maybe it was Wilmot. We, Raging we, Buffalo. Raging Wilmot. Buffalo. Yeah, and then there's a couple things like right over the border in, into Wisconsin. Right. So but, what, um, what, what was like your family and upbringing like? Uh, I, little little bro, yeah. Uh, little brother's like four years younger than me. I mean, we were Catholic school. Yeah. Um, parents parents were divorced like 
in grade school and be divorced. So like, but they live still live close to each other that I'd be able to see both of them. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, like kind of your like rural suburb, just right. Pretty normal family. Pretty normal family. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. That yeah, yeah. it's funny how similar that shit is. I feel like Midwest kids really. There's like only so many routes you could take. Yeah, like unless yeah, unless you're like hanging out in the city. Yeah, like you're a city kid. But I never was in the city. I, like I didn't even go. Even though Chicago was so close to where I grew up, I never went to Chicago I until find that like shit so fast. Until like I think I went to Chicago like three times in high school, and then it wasn't until like after after college I was hanging out there. That's so weird. Like, I think it's so weird that people live like an hour outside of LA and never come to LA. And I'm like, yeah, what? It's almost like you're living in a bubble. Yeah. Is it, is it just, there's nothing exciting pitched to you about what Chicago has to offer. But I feel like being in Chicago or Illinois in general, you're like a Bulls fan. Naturally, you should be a Cubs fan yeah. or Sox fan. Naturally. Like who did you like any of those teams? I mean, it's Bulls, of course. But to, um, to never like be like, we gotta go to Chicago. But like, I mean, I was like, cool. You got White Sox tickets? I'll come. You got Chicago Cubs tickets? I'll go to that too. Right. Like, I wasn't. I was never diehard. Like, uh, yeah, go crazy for but it. But like, my dad was a big, big, uh, like basketball right. player growing up and yeah. throughout his years. He loved the Chicago Bulls, so we always watched the Bulls, Chicago Bears. Yeah, that'd be but, fun. But yeah, it was just like boring, boring <laughs> suburb life growing up. But you picked up a camera at some point. Yeah, just lots of skating. So it was lots what, like 14? I think well, my, my, it's actually funny because my parents always had a camera around. Right. They were always filming stuff. And I was always fascinated with like seeing myself on camera, like watching, pop, popping the, you know, the little DV tapes or whatever they were back then into the TV and just watching whatever it was. Right. And then, um, and then when I started skating, you know, like took my dad's camera, we started making little skating edits. And then, you know, I got really, uh, just really kind of like fascinated with, with that. And then come high school, you know, it just started turning into like filming you and all your friends doing dumb stuff and then learning <laughs> how to take a song and put it on a timeline and then cut a bunch of stuff to it. And then, but that was kind of hooking you in. Like you, be yeah. you started becoming like really passionate about it. Yeah. I just, you know I just, you I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I thought it was cool. You know, like you can make an edit and you like show your friends and they're like, Oh man, this is awesome. Well, going back to what you were saying earlier, like yeah. when you were talking about sometimes I miss those nightclubs and just like hanging out and meeting people. Yeah. There's something more, I think, personal about like your audience at the time being t t maybe 15 people that work at this nightclub plus a couple of like people, whoever was on Facebook. But at the time, those 15 people are yeah. like, you want to impress them with your shit. Of course. And then you show them and you get the grat gratification yeah. of like, they love it, especially yeah, yeah. as a kid. It's the same way where now you get millions of views and it might not mean the same to you anymore. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. reaction is different because you know these people genuinely loved it. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Like when if I work on something that gets millions of views, I'm just like, that's dope. But yeah. I don't know those people really. <laughs> no, you don't. But it's also like you almost just become a little bit immune to it too. You yeah. Know, after so long, it's like the same thing with like playing shows. Like we just did EDC Mexico two nights ago, and it was like oh, damn. Ma massive festival. But like after you do it so many times, it's just kind of like. You still get that little jitter here and there, like when you're going up on stage and it's like, you, you got to remind yourself like, ah, oh, you know, this is, I'm so lucky to be doing this. Right. You know? Yeah. But, um, but it's just not, you know, it doesn't hit the same the way it right. was two years ago. Yeah. You know? So you would make these videos like what kind of, what kind of videos was it just strictly jackass type shit and skate shit? Or were you guys, were you ever making like narrative type content or like, no, nah, no, no narrative. I was never into like the narrative stuff. It was just like, I'm basically the, like the same thing that I do now on tour with artists. Like right. just, I'm going to bring a camera. I'm going to film whatever I, I can film and whatever's funny. I'm going to somehow make it even more funny by piecing it together with other stuff. Right. You know? And that was just me and my friends goofing off or like, 
you know, yeah, jackass stuff, yeah. like antiquing each other, or like, <laughs> you know, just dumb stuff. Right. So did, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Did you have like, um, did they have like a film, some sort of film class or was like a journalism class? Did you have anything in high school? That you get nothing, take? nothing at all. Nothing. Did? No, I just, I, I learned and like YouTube tutorials were not a thing no. back then. I know Barnes and Noble was the thing. That was where <laughs> yeah. I fucking. I have my Final Cut Pro book sitting over here somewhere. Dude. Yeah, Final yeah. Cut Pro Seven, man. Yeah. I read how to do shit. Like, yeah. How did you learn? Uh, I think I just like tried to navigate it and figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I navigated the programs. I mean, I had like Adobe back in the day, and then I went to Final Cut, and then I right. went back to Adobe. But um, yeah, just navigated, navigated the. Was there anyone else that was filming besides you out of like your friend group? Like, were you able to like bond or pitch the bounce ideas off each other and shit aside from like filming? There was like one kid that was, that skated (laughs) with me. He, well, he was actually, I would have to admit that like there was one kid in our, in our skate crew that like would do the the filming and the editing. And I kind of like learned a little bit off of him of just like the workflow or whatever it was. But, um, no, after that, I feel like creatively as like a creator, I feel like you, I don't know, man, like this is kind of like an own story and it's, and it's, this is a story in its own. Um, I had a, like in college, I had actually applied to go to Columbia college in, in Chicago. And, uh, I was so, I was such a terrible student back in college <laughs> that like my grades were so bad. Right. Um, just because I didn't care about like what I was learning, you know, yeah, and I wanted course. to do film and I wanted to do that stuff, but like, I never thought like a career could be made out of it and I actually applied to, uh, to Columbia College, and I was like, I'm gonna go here, and they're like, You're denied. Damn, <laughs> your grades suck. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, All right, you know, whatever. And, and then I ended up like getting a political science degree at uh, Illinois State, okay, University. But like, I was happy that looking back now, I'm, I'm I was kind of happy that I di- I didn't get accepted because I felt like, and this may be my own perspective, but like if you go to like a college or you're taught something a certain way, yeah. you're kind of like almost like a textbook. I feel like it's almost like a textbook way that like all these kids come out of maybe a film school and I could be completely wrong, but I've seen a lot of friends or, or people in Chicago that have gone to these schools and they kind of come out and they're like, now what? Right. You know? And it was kind of like, for me, I kind of just had to figure it out on my own and teach myself my own. And I think teaching myself allowed me to kind of make content in a certain way that I wasn't being told how to make it or like relating my content to other people. Yeah. You know, and, and you can, as you go, you learn the rules, right? Like mm-hmm. you'll learn the obvious filmmaking rules Yeah, and theory you might not get by not going to, you know what I mean? I didn't go to film school either. It was the yeah. same shit. Like, all right, how the fuck do I, it's so expensive. It was like ungodly expensive. My yeah. parents were like, yo, if you, if you go, you got you're, you're going to be doing that it. money. Yeah. And, just thinking about people that go do that shit and are still trying to figure it out or they don't know the clear direction, but when they get out, they're just like left sitting there like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. They think that you got a degree and then something's just going to fall in your lap. Yeah. Um, which I'm not like bashing on or anything like, but I think that's just kind of, kind of how it works. It's funny that the college, the college then (laughs) like, Oh, what was it? It was maybe like five years ago, but when I was kind of getting established in, Chicago ma- making like a little bit of a name for myself and doing the things in right. the nightclubs. Cause like when I was doing it, nobody else was really doing it. It was kind of like a new thing. Like yeah. DJ music and, and electronic music was like becoming a thing. And creating content and creating it. content around it. Right. You know, like I was making videos before like Instagram was like a thing. You yeah. Know? We I know. Just, like, this is like what we said earlier. You're uploading to like YouTube. 
that was it. And fa- but Facebook and videos Facebook wasn't came, even like yeah, built Facebook to go came, viral. Yeah, Facebook kind of came around a little bit later, and then you got all the other platforms. But like, I, I was making these videos, and and it's funny. Like Columbia College hit me up, and they were like, "Hey, you want to come do like you want to come speak to one of our classes?" I was like, "You know, yes. you, you guys denied me <laughs> yes. from your school." And I think I was like on tour at the time. I was like, "Sorry, I'm on tour." Yeah, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> kind of had like a little bit of good bit of a moment of like, uh, yeah, this it, is cool. It's crazy to think about that shit, like the fact that you could get denied to go to a creative school where your true passion lies and not understanding fucking out al- uh, like algebra too yeah you know what i mean that's why i chose political science degree to because i didn't have math. to do any math yeah man for real i'm like do it when am i using any of that shit in what i do right now like, exactly th- don't judge me on that at no. all like make me go try to film something and show promise or something yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. interesting to me that that people will get denied and then fucking crawl back later because they see the talent it's like dude you, i could have been repping you guys this whole yeah, time yeah 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 but i'm i'm, I'm ultimately i'm happy that yeah that I, I didn't because i just kind of I, I wasn't focused on like what other people were doing or like maybe my classmates or whatever it may be like i just i started making this stuff like for fun right and kind of figured it out on my own no, and, and, cool. and it was an interesting time like when i started making the videos because like you said like media was not not really a thing i had like two i had like two guys that i looked up to who were they? Kyle Neary. Okay. Mr. 650 TV. He's like his Instagram. He does like Borgor now, but he was, Steve, he was torn with like Steve Aoki back in the day. Oh, dope. And like, I just remember seeing, I was shooting a show at Congress Theater in, in Chicago and I remember seeing him roll in with, with Steve and I'm like, man, this dude, yeah, this guy's badass. He had this sick haircut and he was like, got the, like the tour swag. Yeah. And I'm, I'm there with like jeans and like a Target <laughs> shirt. I'm like, oh man, I need to step up my game. You got like a button up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you're shooting like a three piece like conference. Masio shirt from Target, 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but like Kyle Neary was a very I followed his stuff and then uh Miles Everett Miles Everett was I doing that name. yeah he was doing all like the Cru- Cruella okay uh videos back in the day and like Miles was like 17 at the time oh shit and uh yeah he was killing it and those two guys were kind of like my inspirations coming into it because obviously like Cruella was from Chicago oh I didn't know that yeah man I I have like a video of them actually playing spy bar where I used to work like for wow. like no joke like maybe t- 25 people documentary and then it was like it was like within that six month period they were just were like yeah so is that dude from chicago miles is miles is from la i think i I don't know if he's born and raised in la but i know he's been out here for years so when you're when you're looking up to them at the time is it just watching like youtube content yeah just just that like whatever they're posting through their channels you're just absorbing something yeah it was just youtube stuff were you so crazy were you largely into edm like naturally like through high school and never i mean as it kind of came to be never no i was like frat rat kid yeah. Listen to all like, like I watch Rex Arrow films of like Mac Miller and like all those guys and Mush and Twist and yeah, like, all you, those, you know, like yeah. Mike Studd, yeah. like all those videos. And that's how, that's actually how it started. Like I did step it, funny enough, I stepped into a club kind of first. Actually, the story goes so far back. Run it. <laughs> Run it. Run it. Oh, all right. So I dropped the camera from school, from, from grade school doing the skate videos. I dropped the camera throughout high school. Well, I had it kind of throughout high school, but then once I hit college. Oh, I thought you made you drop, like broke it. No, no, I just, I, I, I put it down. Like once I, once I got into college, it was like, I was just hanging, you know, like doing college stuff and then doing four and a half years of college, I had one semester left. So I did four and a half years, but I, I technically on my fifth year, I had like a rent that I had to pay for down at school. And I was like, you know what? I was actually all lined up to sell insurance for this insurance company okay. straight out of college. I'm like, cool, I got a job, but like, I know nothing about selling insurance. <laughs> But like, 
you know, you're told to, to get a job lined up after college. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you got so it's going to nine, nine to five, like in the burbs, like suit, tie, selling insurance, which right. again, I don't know much about, but I hear it's like impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like kind of a, I something. Bought some. I bought some, someone got their sale <laughs> off me, Fuck. <laughs> but something like I was not stoked. I was happy that I had a job, but I was not stoked that I was going to be selling it. So I was like down at, down at college. And I had this last semester left and I ended up hitting the insurance company up and I was like, hey, you know what? I have one, I have like four more months left at school that I have to pay rent. I'm just gonna work a job down here and I'm gonna pay my rent. And then, you know, come four or five months from now, I'll start the insurance job. Right. They're like, okay, cool. Yeah, like we'll make that work. So then I was like, all right, four or five more lo- like months and, and my life is done. Insurance, Damn, you know. what a way to look at it. I was so like not stoked and I was like, I'm gonna go pick up a camera like I used to and I'm gonna just start making edits of all me and my friends just like living what I thought was like the last best years of my life <laughs> before I went and so this sounds so depressing. I, I wish I could look at your, I should look at your Facebook albums at the time. It was Yo, like no, spring break, no break. Ah. Dude, it, oh man, there was so much. And, and that's a funny you say that because like during that time, so I started making these videos down, down at school and right. then um, you know, I was kind of teaching myself some stuff on, on the programs, but then I, start, I, made this, I made this video in this rap group out of Chicago somehow saw it. And they're like, hey, uh, what we think like your videos are, are dope. Like we want you to come make us a bunch of videos. And I was like, well, I have like a $300 handheld camera. It's terrible. Right. And at that time I really didn't even know anything about cameras. And I hit someone and they were like, okay, cool. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna buy you whatever you need. And then in return, we want you to make us like four music videos. I was like, okay, cool. Like it was cool because I thought yeah. it was like, sweet. This is a rap group, Chicago, like, you know, I thought like there's a chance, you know, Something like could happen. And I, I love those guys, but like at the time, like they they weren't anything big. But I was like, this this is my my foot in the door to start doing something, you know. And I took it serious. I take I took everything that I did, no matter how small or big it was, like so like, seriously. Yeah, like it's the know? biggest job you've ever yeah, had. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like people need to like kind of remember that. Hell yeah. Um, but I, so I started making these videos for them and then they, they had gotten into some like legal things and, and, uh, and you know, we, we kind of parted ways, but I had all this, this camera equipment and that's where I ended up stepping into a nightclub one night and I did the nightclub thing. But then I went through a whole little, I was making like frat rap videos. Like right. this song is sick, good music all day. Like all those blogs you yeah, used to yeah. go to to find like music. Yeah, like all day. my goal was to get one video up on that right, site. Right, you know? right, right. And there's this artist called Jams back in back back from Chicago. We made this like we made this video and it was like up. Oh. And I was like, oh, this is so dope. And then obviously, you know, as as the story goes, like you put out a video, someone else is gonna see a video, and then it kind of starts like getting your name out there, and more people start hitting you up. So I started making like frat rap videos for like. I was still living down in college, making frat rap videos. And then and then the, the nightclub stuff started kind of like trickling in. And then once my my uh, lease was up down at, at Illinois State, which Illinois State's like two hours from Chicago. Okay. So I bounced I back and forth. I performed at Illinois State when I used Did to you? rap. Wait, ah. dude, oh my God. I, I want to say that like I knew about this. Well, that's because that's why I was pumped because I was like, dude, you do video shit and you're in the mix. Like you're already in that mix. And yeah, like yeah. Rex, I mean, dog, Rex is fucking a legend, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the real podcast. If anyone wants to hear a great fucking story, listen to Rex Arrow's episode with him. Like you got to do, do oh, stories. You did, you did one. No, no, no. Rex? It's the real is a podcast. Okay. Oh, Eric and it. Jeff do it. They're fucking yeah, yeah. amazing. But they, cool. they interviewed him, uh, shortly after Mac pass. And sure. it was just a really, 
good. He's just brilliant, dude. This dude's dude. He made the best music videos back then. And I, Amazing. I, I would look up to him. It was the same thing. I'd yeah. message him and try to do, hey, man, didn't mean to add yep. you. Same bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to get in because I'm like, dude, these are the people that know shit. Like, exactly. Yeah. TV. I would like message him. Be like, dude. How do you guys do the music videos? Like, yes. All this Fanboys, stuff. man. Yeah, it was yeah, crazy. I, was totally, I was there. Like, yeah. I, I mean, even like Kyle Neary and like Miles, the guys doing like Aoki and like yeah. I'd hit them up, you right. know, like, hey, let's hang out, teach yeah. me your stuff, you know. Um, like, no, <laughs> everyone always, everyone always has their idols, and it's funny. Like, I get hit up today by some, by by people, and they're like asking questions, and and I tried to the best of my ability to like hit as many people back, but you know, in the, in, throughout the day, just with touring and creating content and stuff, it's sometimes hard to just like hit Hell everyone yeah. back. But I try to do it because I remember how how cool it was back in the day when like someone I looked up to like would give me a, take time out of their day to give advice, man, you know, that's literally this, this is why this was created. And it was because I couldn't even get the people I looked up to, to respond to me. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's the hardest shit. So I'm like, all right, what's the, me we all are busy. So through this process, maybe this shit right here explains all their, it gives them all their answers. Plus like 10 fucking answers that they yeah. never thought to ask. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. I love that shit. That's so sick. Yeah. So, so you're making these frat. Who is the rap group that you started working with? Or do you not know? Out of them? Chicago? Yeah. I mean, their name with, was Paper Boys. I'm t like. From Atlanta? From if any show? of my Paper Boy guys are watching this video, I love you all. <laughs> but they, they were they were just out of Chicago. They, it wasn't like yeah. a, a mainstream. Right, right. Like the blogs weren't really playing the music. But, yeah. you know, they were doing their thing. And I like took it very seriously. And, and they were very generous to me and like give me the camera and, right. and and pulling me around and giving me the opportunity to that's so know, dope yeah to to get like my feet wet and figure out like how to do this stuff right um so yeah i did the i did the frat the frat rap videos for maybe like a year but it was also intertwined with the, the club stuff and then went to spy bar in chicago wrote my name on a napkin gave it to the residency d resident dj calendar if you're watching um, became like a, a bigger brother to me. He's like 10 years older than me. He was well connected in the Chicago nightlife scene. And yeah. he like DJed all like the, the dope clubs and, and, and knew everyone. And yeah. it basically turned to think like, well, I got out of college, you know, I got out of college and I came up to Chicago and like, he basically like let me live on his couch. Wow. Um, with at the time, like his, 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 he's now married, but like his fiance, like they're, they're like grown ups letting this like random kid that just got out of college, right. like live on their couch. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, we, I just ran the city with him. And then I started making name, name for myself in like the nightclubs. And then, you know, the promoters would see it and promoters would want videos. And then, you know, I'd do a couple like restaurant videos or right. whatever it was, like anything I could get my hands on, I, I was making it. Go know? into, go into the, like, what's advice for people to take a job as serious as they possibly can? Like, I think that's such an important tool yeah. that most people may overlook or sometimes they feel like they're already bigger, too big for that job. And when they do it, they do it half-assed or yeah, just yeah. doing a project half-assed in general. Like what would be your advice for someone when they do take this job? Cause I don't think people understand. Well, I think that really distinguishes like a creative in itself, a, a creator in itself. Like if it, anything that I do, like I'm putting 110% in Fact. just because I'm very like particular about how I edit stuff. You know, yeah. like if I'm editing something and like something on the timeline just doesn't feel right, it just bugs the shit out of me. And I gotta like somehow make this transition or color or whatever it may be like to the way that I like it. That's just that's just like a, a something you're like instilled with, right. you know? Um, but outside of that, I just feel like, yeah, I don't know, take everything seriously. Like you're given an opportunity to create something for a client and you obviously wanna like 
make the client happy, but also at the same time, like if you're making the client happy, you're probably going to get referred mm -hmm. to like other people. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, just, I love that. Just, it, just take it seriously. We, we uh, Danilo's, we, we just had him on the morning roast. And so one of the things we talk, I think this comes out the morning, that episode will come out this Wednesday. So when okay. people are listening to this, this, this Sunday yes. and then Wednesday. Yes. Uh, but he talked about like, sometimes you get act, like, sometimes you get brought on for something and people don't look at it as like a, a bridge to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so they approach it differently or they don't even approach it at all. Cause someone may say like, Hey, can you come shoot my restaurant? And you're like, man, I shoot for fucking DJs. Right. I don't want right, to go shoot your right. cheese restaurant or whatever. Right. But you go and shoot that and you don't realize that that person may be connected to three new nightclubs that you never played at exactly. and could recommend you be like, yo, you did this cheese video, but you normally shoot DJs. I think you should fuck with them. Dude. You don't totally. understand the value no, of that. You don't shit. like that's That's literally what I became in Chicago. Like nobody was making, nobody was running around with cameras. I knew like maybe two or three other guys, but like I could tell that they weren't taking it seriously. Right. And I was like, I'm going to be the dude that like everyone in, in the Chicago nightlife scene, like, with. like. Yeah, fucks with damn, and uh, and like you said, Seth Button, uh, he, me and him were running around. We started like a company that we had like this little arrow where we had this company called House Life TV, right? Um, where we kind of like tried to make a blog and uh, post videos and, and brands, and right. you know that it, it had its thing for like a year or two. But um, yeah, we just we we ran Chicago and tried to just make names for ourselves. So when you say like you went into the nightlife era yeah like you went into a nightclub like what do you mean like did someone just like yo come yeah, to this nightclub yeah so me? that was my homie from back in the day that used to skate he's like yo i'm gonna open up at this club like you got your camera like come hang like, like let's shoot yeah okay yeah and um he, he opened up at the club spy bar and that night after him the resident came on which was calendar i gave him like a napkin with my number on it and then he <laughs> called me like a week later he's like yo i got this great idea like this video stuff is kind of becoming a thing like we should hang out and kick it and make like these episodes so we started making like these little not only was i making videos for nightclubs but like we started like making characters in the city of like certain djs and promoters and bartenders it was almost like a mini like little reality damn thing that we were just making for fun yeah you know just a, just and i enjoyed it and i was meeting people and like you know i was networking basically and I mean, you're putting together some shit that all these people are gonna like look back on and try to show people because i think they look dope as fucking oh it. So man yeah yeah that like, makes you the guy you know it, what i mean i mean that's how it came like make something cool because i want all these people here posting it on their facebook back then right. and it's like and if these people are posting then maybe some other people will see it you know i mean that's that's just social media for, yeah, for us these days in right. general getting like a tag on instagram or twitter or whatever it may right. be but yeah back then that's what's kind of like helping me push my stuff damn that's fucking crazy Did, so he hadn't even seen any of your work nothing yet. he just saw you shoot nothing. shit and that was like what's honest it. to god that's how like knew it was back then yeah like no like i only i only knew like two or three other people in chicago with cameras like nobody was running around nightclubs I mean, there's maybe a photographer taking photos but like video was such a new thing he yeah. was like yo this kid's shooting videos and making like edits in the clubs like this could be cool you know <laughs> so crazy man yeah, and this dude you gave him a napkin and then he ends up letting you live on his couch like straight up that's fucking crazy you know what's even more crazy is that i piece this together like actually move so fast forward like seven years later the apartment that i would sleep on his couch i, I like saw a listing on online and i went to the apartment complex and it was the same exact unit that i would sleep on his couch seven years prior this is what you moved into and i moved into it you are fucking lying <laughs> I'm like yo what was your unit number he was like uh 14 two, two, two or something like that i'm like holy shit i just signed a lease on the same wow. exact the same exact unit that i would sleep on your couch you know years before that's some full circle shit full circle shit but 
Damn, that's I mean, pretty dope. Little, little off topic, but nah, but that's a come that's a come up story. Like, yeah, yeah it's the, cool to be able to do that shit. Like, you couldn't. It's kind of like I afford. couldn't afford this spot back in the day, and I was just sleeping on the couch. And here I'm now. I'm a, a renter. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so okay, so you you're then moving into Chicago, and you're kind of becoming the dude. You're getting you're starting to get paid for the work you're doing, or yep. were you just experimenting for a long time trying to figure it out? My first gig I did at a nightclub. I charged the guy a hundred bucks to film and edit. The homie? Or no, no, this was, this, this was something else. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the dude totally stood me up a hundred bucks. Like I made the edit and everything and he was just like ghosted me. Put the edit out, of course. Wow. Ghosted me the hundred bucks. But that was like my, my big bro calendar. Like he knew the dude and he like tracked him down. I was like, yo man, you gotta pay Yoder. Like what's your problem? You know, having my, he always had my back in That's Chicago. That's fucking tight. Yeah, it was awesome. I was really lucky to have him as kind of like watching out for me. But um. Fuck that guy, whoever that Man. dude is. Why can't people just pay people? It's a hundred bucks. A hundred dollars. And he, you, <laughs> you made him probably look lit and then he probably got two more DJ gigs out of that yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that stuff drives me crazy. I, and I get hit, I get hit up by kids like all the time about that. Like, man, how do you go about like not getting paid? And it's huh. like, it's kind of like, you can't really have a contract for like local club DJ stuff. Cause right. it's like, you're getting a couple hundred bucks, right. you know? Yeah, um, but this is a great fucking time to plug our how to charge a client guide because <laughs> we wrote this whole shit because people ask all the time, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Hey guys, before we get into this episode, I want to let you know about our how to charge a client guide, our 54 page digital download book that will teach you how to secure more money from your clients. From working with local businesses to some of the biggest celebrities and brands in the world, I will teach you everything I've learned about charging my clients over the past 10 plus years of my career as a freelance creator. In this guide, I walk through the process of charging clients step by step, explaining exactly how I analyze, negotiate, and land higher paying job opportunities. If you're interested in making more money as a creator, head over to shopbwnc.com and get the guide now. It's a very like sore subject because you are afraid to put a number on your worth, mm -hmm. the value of what you're going to create for someone. Mm -hmm. And it's tough to like even just say it to someone because you feel like you're going to offend them for trying to get money for what you, you feel do. like you're going to lose the gig. You think you're going to lose the gig. Like I always would be so scared to like say, yo, I want 200 bucks for this shoot I know. and edit thinking that they come back and be like, are you out of your mind? But that's gonna, why that's fucked up. Like that's, yeah, yeah. I could have walked in and be like, I want this MacBook. Um, I'm going to give you guys 1500 instead of 3000 yeah. just cause that's how I feel today. Yeah. And then they'll just be like, Nope. And then I'll be like, okay. And yeah. then I'll leave. But like, you know what? But, but back then, like, like we said, it, it being so new, like I didn't, I, there was nobody I could ask. Yeah. You know, I almost kind of started making my own little, way of that I charge. And it wasn't until like years down the road that there was other established shooters um, that we collectively were like, hey, how are you charging your artists? How are you charging your artists? Are you paying by edit? Are you, right. you know, there's like a whole breakdown that we kind of collectively were like, let's make this a thing just amongst us. And, and maybe it'll become like a standard. And I feel like it kind of has. No, I mean, at least in the electronic world. I, but I hit you, I had hit you when I got the offer to go on tour with Schoolboy Q. Yeah. And I was like, they're asking me how much I want to charge. And yeah. I'm like, fuck, how do I do this shit? And I remember hitting you and you breaking it down for me. Like, well, this is how I charge for a day rate. And this is what I do for a week rate. And this is how this is. I'm like, oh, fuck, I had no idea about yeah. that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, that helped me so much. You know what I mean? Just being able to ballpark. I'm like, all right, Chris is really good. So 
I'm going to dock 50, I'm going to dock $200 <laughs> off this. <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, when I, I, when I first started touring, like I, I, there was months that I didn't even know that like a travel day rate was a thing. <laughs> I just charged for like shooting. Yeah. And then edits like for a while, I was just be like, uh, it's like a minute edit. Like I think I'm, I, I could charge you this number. Right. It took me a little bit longer or whatever, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and the artists I was working with at the time, they were cool with it. But then I was like, I found about, about travel day rates. I'm like, man, I get paid to just like sit on the plane for a day. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. That's like, just like a normal thing, but, but you don't know don't it know. back then. No, I know, man. You don't know. Yeah. We, that's, we really did do like a deep analysis on it when I was talking to Dave and I was like bringing that up. Cause I'm like, dude, that's what most, most creators are asking that question. And yeah. the, the hardest thing is that everything is a, uh, uh case by case. Every job is case by case. So you can't just be like, no matter what, the cost is always X because that's what people want to hear so right, bad. Right. But it's like, yo, you gotta, you really have to like do trial and error and see like, all right, cool. You might take the L and get in like a fatter bag out the, out the gate, but sure. like you'll learn. And then the next time you can increase, sure. increase, yeah. increase, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think once you get really get an understanding of and really understanding your worth yeah. and you become confident in what you're doing, then you, it just becomes easier to yeah, to charge sure. what you want to charge, you know? So when you first started charging for it, a hundred bucks didn't even get paid, but then moving forward, like, did you find yourself able to increase your rates fairly quickly? Like with these clubs? It was like, it was like two, 300 bucks like, every night to, you go to like a shoot and edit. And then I was like, Oh cool. If I can get like two, two club gigs, I'm making like 600 bucks for the week, you know? Yeah. Sick. And then, uh, at that time I had, I had actually got a studio space at like, it was called the music garage. It was like four walls, no kitchen, no bathroom, no nothing. We just like threw futons oh and uh, like desks in there. And I lived there for like a year. You and lived I, there? <laughs> yeah. Did it have a shower? No, I'd go shower at friends' places. Holy <laughs> fuck, yeah. man. But it was cool, man. Like I was like young, single, like new to the city. And I like just run around nightclubs and it was exciting. And yeah. it was like, I go out and like film and like take some shots of JMO and and then like go back to the studio and fall asleep on a futon and then wake up and get right on my computer and just so excited like what did I shoot last night let me see. start editing and then like midday go grab like a Jimmy John sandwich go shower and then come back and edit more and then it was like 6 p.m. rolls around it's like all right what club are we going to yeah do? damn man yeah. I fucking miss that shit I miss like just running around just being running so around. innocent not knowing like where you were going in the city and just being willing to like dive on everything that came yeah. your way. You know what I mean? There's yeah. like, uh, there's a nostalgic piece of that part of your life. Like when that, I mean, it still happens mm -hmm. now, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. it's a way bigger scale. It's way, there's way more pieces to move around and responsibility. Yeah, man, it's crazy. So much like, more responsibility back then. You could just do anything. Right. So where you, you know, Seth, you built like, you guys started building a company. Yeah. Did you, did you have like, were more videographers starting to pop up at the time? No, not really. It's just you guys. Like Chicago was just kind of like the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was like a a guy or two and it was funny because like like I said nobody was doing it and if someone was like stepping into the scene I was kind of like man you trying to copy me like chill <laughs> but at the same time it's like so free game yeah you know? right yeah like you can do whatever you want right uh, but but at the same time that's like that competitive edge that I always had in me I'm like all right cool if this is gonna like come and start making some stuff I'm gonna make sure I'm making like my harder. shit is gonna be so much more cooler than yeah this. right you know and um no that was good but so um you were shooting all handheld at the time like were you starting to understand like different cameras and, and investing in your gear or at the time was it just like, I got what I got. I'm going to make everything I can. Dude, you know, what? I'm a, I'm a huge, like, obviously you have to have like something, you have to have like the proper gear or lenses and stuff to like do certain things. But like, I'm a huge believer that it's like not necessarily like the camera or how nice your stuff is. 
that you're using, but like how you use it and how creative you can get, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I agree. Like, dude, I've, I've maybe owned five camera bodies my entire life. Right. Like a 70, two 60s, yep. Mark IV, and I've Hell been yeah. shooting some stuff on Sony the last like year and a half. Have you? Yeah. Nice. Do you mix? Um, just Sony now. Just, just so, like I'll shoot all my time lapses and like photos and stuff with with my Canon. Yeah. And then um, all my videos just Sony. Right. That's how I rocked it for uh, Q's tour. Yeah. But then you're like dealing with different glass and shit. And it becomes like you gotta invest in so much shit. Well, like I mean, with the, with the Sony I have now and the the, the Mark IV, there's the the adapter, so it's all I just. You use like all, it? Yeah. Do you use the adapter on the Sony or on the Canon? On on the Sony. So you're shooting Canon glass. Canon glass. Really? Yeah. I fucking hate it, but I also big Ronin user. So sure. I would always, on, on Q's tour, I had the adapter and would shoot so wide and the autofocus was terrible. So, okay. and I relied on it cause I'm shooting on Ronin gotcha. M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. pull focus. I yeah. didn't have the money to buy yeah. the triggers and shit. Totally. And uh, so that would always stress me out. And then when I just went all Sony and just had all native glass. Yeah. And now I think Canon's catching it's up. It's just so much easier for you. Yeah, it was. So yeah. I, I would always do that, but. I don't know. For photos, sometimes it would just it couldn't ever grab it. It was always doing this weird pulsing. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, I have like the nuts. mark, the mark four, like the autofocus on it is like impossible, especially like in like festival or settings or nightclub settings. We have like lights whipping across the canvas. Yeah, right. Like not it even just worth know using. What's going on anymore. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So you just like you feel like it's you, you you've dialed into like what you like and you were just rocking that and and yeah. don't find this. Do you ever? For specific shoots are you guys ever like renting gear and, and experimenting with different shit like that or are you strictly like whatever i do what i do it's this if it's like larger projects maybe there's a need for other cameras i mean if we do like with the company curza like if we're doing uh festivals and stuff like that we always like prefer to shoot on like reds or something right with higher quality than just like dslrs but um yeah majority of all my like touring stuff is just i mean dude touring too like so run and gun you got to have like you know some of these artists don't even want to like check bags because they want to hit the ground and just run right so it's like you kind of have to be particular about what you bring yeah so um yeah i just have my my select stuff in one camera bag and that's what i use on the road that's sick i yeah it's so true because if you're holding up the team you're fucking become annoying and then no one wants to fuck with you if you have to like sorry guys i have to get these check bags and they lost it what the fuck am i supposed to (laughs) hold on i gotta talk to this guy and everyone's just like you're, yeah, you're not, man, You're fired. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree too. Like I always just try to dial it in so I could be as light as possible. Mm-hmm. Take the L on my clothes getting lost if like a check bag got lost in an airline or some mm-hmm. shit. So I at least have my camera getting just pop up and ready to go. Have you ever lost a bag? Uh, I think I lost one, but they end up finding it later yeah. on. Yeah, my homie lost one. He had a, he was like going scuba diving or some shit. Yeah. He, so, but he lost. They lost it, and he lost like six grand in scuba diving shit and they Yo. didn't ever give him back any money pro tip to all touring videographers photographers do not check any of your gear ever like i i've i have had a homie or two that has like checked bags and Brutal, it's like bro. they lose it and i'm like why would you ever like that much because they didn't because you know what my people sometimes open up a bag and see some shit and they're like Oops, we lost it. Yeah, and they came up quick. Yeah, it so, is what it is. Oh man, I like to I've, believe. I've never. I, I've like. I feel so bad. I, I've. You know. You always see those like posts on like Facebook about like people 
getting their stuff jacked. And my homie has red stolen out of the back of his car. It was pretty. They broke the window, took the red, and it was just donezo. But you know what? Like, why are you leaving a red sitting in the back of the car? He's like, no offense. Yeah, he's like, it's my neighborhood, and I've I've left gear out there before. He's like, I usually take it in, but he had just decided not to renew his insurance policy on it. Or maybe it was up and he had to up, update it or whatever and sure. missed it. And so that was all out of pocket. Like, Dude. just lost it. Big I actually hour. had a flew to Kansas City to do some shit with Chris Brown. It was like his tour kickoff and I brought I brought a drone. Yeah. And they wanted me to fly inside the stadium before the show so that we could just have like footage of it empty. Sure. And use it in the content somehow. I don't remember. And I got to Kansas City. I opened up the drone and, and like everything was smashed. Like the motors were smashed off. My remote oh. was smashed in. I couldn't operate it anymore. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, shit out of luck. There was no other stores that had them yeah, near yeah, me. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? It took six months before they ever gave me like a reimbursement and the reimbursement the was airline. like half the cost. Yeah. That's oh, terrible. It was so bad. Terrible. But yeah, don't, why, yeah. why would I fucking check a drone? Like, what yeah, don't check it. Oh, anything. because it was a Pelican. I thought it was good to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why I was like, I, I just bought this Pelican case, but they opened it up. I think what happens, they opened it up and then just tried to like sh- put shit back in yeah. and didn't know how to set it right. in and just broke just it. Smashed it. Yeah. Damn. I, I the only thing I ever will, will check is like a glide cam or like a tripod. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because you can live without, and there's no way that I'm like fitting that in my other camera bag when I'm on uh, on the plane. Right, you so. shoot glide cam mainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No gimbals. No gimbals. No Ronins. How come? Uh, it's just always what I used. Yeah, you know, I'm so like accustomed with it. I'm right, like the OG guy that like still runs around with like a, a glide cam. I think glide cams <laughs> produce a different image. I think it looks. Yeah, more natural. Like, uh, no offense, to DJI or any of these other companies, but it's like it, it gives you this like steady cam vibe. You know what I mean? I was never into those like little the, the gimbals where it was like you're trying to like you see those jerkiness. Yeah, it's like you're going around a DJ and it's like that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I've, th- I've just always used glide cams and and uh, it's super easy for me to throw it into my suitcase. It's right. very like accessible. But like as of recently, I've actually kind of stopped using a, a stabilizer. I just feel like my videos for all these years have been like with with glide cam and those slow motion shots i kind of want to give like just a different feel like a little more raw rugged yeah yeah different that's right yeah I, I like i like the fact that like those things have gotten so small dude like ronin that's a ronin s up there yeah. i can break that into three pieces and it goes yeah. it can fit in my camera bag if i wanted to yeah yeah and like the ability to just have everything in one and the drones are getting smaller and shit you're like you really could be you know three different roles as a crew member, but one person yeah. on the fly. It's just so but you cool. know, now that you're saying it, I think also that that's what I was saying with like camera equipment in general. Like I'm, I've only like owned five bodies. I'm not like one to really try to buy the newest yeah, or the right, best right. stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and just even with those things, like I just always stuck with glide cam. I thought yeah. this, this is what I'm comfortable with. And I love that. And I know how to use it. I so. mean, the Ace, I've had the A7S two for like four years or some shit. I still use it as like one of my primary video cameras. If I'm, if it's just me, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That camera still holds for like what it was. It's like pretty impressive. So I'm it's like, like so unknowledgeable of like cameras too. Well, I mean, like I they call, come out with new shit all the time. Dude, I always call, shout out Matt Como. Like I always just call him and I'm like, hey man, I got to get a new camera. What should I get? Damn. <laughs> He's like, get this, get this. Or like Rory Kramer. Yeah, like yeah, when yeah. I got the Mark IV, I was like, yo Rory, I, I need to get a new camera. What do you think? He's like, I'll go with this. Yeah. He's like, trust me, it's good. You're like, okay, okay, cool. Do I have to get like any adapters or anything? Memory cards? Like what, what is it? Just like send me my little, <laughs> like give me my like fee for like managing your, your camera. All right. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's a $10 gift card to Starbucks real quick. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know. I've always just been way more invested in like the creative process and making cool stuff than rather than like what I'm using. Yeah. I love so. that. So you go, you know, carnage happens. When's that happen? 
Um, so yeah, I did like, I think it was like about four years of Chicago, like DJ videos and stuff like that. And then I think like my very first flight that anyone ever bought me to work directly with an artist was, was Thomas Gold. He flew me out to like New York. He had some, some gig out there that I, I did. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I finally got some, finally an artist like bought me a flight. Right. You know, he's an artist. Yeah, Thomas Gold. Okay, got um, it. I'm, I'm not sure how much, what, what he's doing currently, but like back then he, you know, doing a lot of shows and and uh, I got plugged with their management and they just reached out and they flew me out for a show. And then coincidentally, so making all these, these, so I'm gonna keep it like super quick, but did the nightclubs, I was doing like spy bar and then like a local competitor club was like, hey, come work for us, we'll like double your price. Ooh. I was like, all right, cool. So I went to them and then uh, that was the mid and the company called react presents. Um, and they, you know, it was like, yeah, what's, uh, who's the dude that worked at the mid that it was tight with all you guys too. Damn. There's so many Chicago people. I know. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll think of his name later. Mike Felton, Mike Lang. No, not Felton. Felton. Mike Is there Felton. a Felton? Fuck. I don't know. Anyway, but, on. um, did the mid and then it was like Aragon ballroom, Congress theater, just all these like, you know, legendary venues in Chicago. And I, I was, you know, kind of working up and then the guys that, uh, react presents, they own like handful of, uh, festivals. So they started letting me like head up crews and like, wow. uh, doing the after movies and stuff like right. that. And, um, carnage came through, I think it was like the first two times and I made these edits and I, like, dude, like I said, when you get a project, just take it as serious as possible. And like, and, and, uh, those videos like carnage would finish his gig and I'd go home and I edit to like five or six in the morning, sleep for a couple hours and get right back up and then finish the edit so that like I could get it done right away and be like, yo, look, I made this like cool video that you can post like immediately, yeah. you know? but I was making it for the promoters and then the promoters would like coordinate with them. But like there's some, I forgot how, how me and carnage got like like introduced, but just like his personality in general, you know, during that time, like we were like, Hey, what's up? Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You want to do this for the camera during set? And we were just very like receptive towards each other. Right. And then it was like his third time coming through. We had already exchanged numbers. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm playing Concord. I'm or opening Concord. This new venue going to be there. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm there. And I cranked out this edit. I remember I sent it to him like within less than 24 hours by the next day to him and his tour manager. And he was like, you know what? Like my, my budgets to like start, like being able to bring someone on the road is getting to that point and like you should come with holy shit and then um he flew me out for like i think he played terminal five in new york that was the second time i got flown out anywhere and then um iconic venue yeah iconic it was it was it was like it was so dope to that was kind of like pretty awesome to do that and uh because you see all these artists you're watching all these artists that you you know i mean like the, especially during frat rap shit it's like when yeah. people get to play terminal five you're like god damn yeah this yeah is yeah, crazy. yeah there's a handful of venues that you still get excited to go go and play yeah. um and then it was like a week later he's like all right we're going to asia for two weeks and i'm like oh cool like my first like real tour was like two weeks in asia asia fuck, doing like jakarta sick. and like all, all these all these places out there singapore i don't know I forget where we went. Yeah. But, um, did that. And then, and then it just became a thing for like two years, two or three years, like toured everywhere, man. So at, at what point did he say like, yo, I'm going to have you be my full-time dude. It was 
basically just like after New York, pretty much. Was it ever a real conversation or was it just like, hey, you good for this next trip? You good for this next trip? Yeah, this is how like, that's how he is. He's yeah, like, like, yo, dude, all right, yo, you, you know, we're doing this and then guess what? In a couple of weeks, we're going to go here. And I'll be like, all right, cool. You know, like just start. And then, you know, I'd hit up management and be like, it sounds like I'm going to be rolling with you guys a little bit. Is it cool if you guys like maybe send me these things in advance so I can right. like plan or whatever? Yeah. And uh, yeah, then we, we, we toured for like almost three years. So how did, did it get, was it weird for you to kind of shift from like having jobs, um, you know, in Chicago that you were kind of used to like get to go home or whatever to your little den mm -hmm. every night, eventually mm -hmm. you upgrade probably to a more normal apartment, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like you're used to like being in Chicago, you do the work, you get to go home, you have a kind of a Chicago life to yeah. immediately being put on the road and living out of the suitcase and swapping like that, that life. Was that dude, it, it, like it, it all came into play in such an interesting way. I was living with, I was living with three other roommates at the time that were like, two of them were DJs. Another guy was like running around doing promotion for like Red Bull or, or stuff in the city. And we all collectively like moved into this space, but like, you know, typical, roommate stuff happens and everyone's kind of like butting heads and right. i was like i just need to get i need to get out of this spot and i need to like get into a new spot and coincidentally at the same time is when he was like yo let's tour the world and i was like cool i'm moving out of this spot i can start touring the world and i was just like i was ready to to get out of the environment i was living in right because you know i was like i was the one that was always trying to grind at like wee hours of the night and like parties would be going on like i remember i had my whole setup in the kitchen i had like the spring awakening after movie sitting on my kitchen counter i wake up at three in the morning there's like some dude like dancing on top of the table like oh my with my God. hard drives and everything and i'm like i gotta get the fuck out of yeah. here yeah you know so i was like i was in a pretty like whatever living situation that i wanted to get it out of to begin with and then the touring stuff came about and uh perfect timing yeah so did you move your shit into like storage unit or did you No, I ended, I ended up getting a new apartment right i was like double the rent and then now i'm touring and i'm like oh, never God. even there I know. yeah that's brutal that's brutal right there <laughs> dude uh chicago rent ain't cheap man yeah fuck so but, but you hit the okay so like at what point because my favorite shit bro and i've said it before to you i think mm -hmm. that you're the way i would i don't even know if i'm saying full fucking words right now i would study the shit out of the way you created those tour episodes like carnages yeah. i mean everyone that i feel like you kicked off another level of like for me being a fan of Mac Miller's tour shit where he would make these cool things. You'd be sure. a fan of uh, Wiz. Wiz is making ill that shit. Big Sean was doing it like that too. Mm -hmm. You took it to like this new level of the way you told stories through um, webisodes. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that, how how long into like you kind of making these little quick recaps on you're in Asia and you guys are going over here. Mm -hmm. How long till you started initiating like, all right, we're going to turn this into a series. Cause you've already done this kind of like with your boys in Chicago and shit. Like, yeah, we were kind of, I mean, I feel like when we when I started touring with with Carnage, it was just straight into like right out let's, the gate. Let's make like tour videos. Was any, was anyone else doing that? I mean, like Miles space? Miles Everett was doing like the crew life episodes, okay. and then like Kyle Neary was doing like the Aoki videos, and then I feel like there's a couple Swedes or somebody across you know seas that right. were like making stuff like that. But I don't know. I was always like I I. I'm not like a huge guy to like sit and watch a bunch of stuff to get creatively inspired. Mm -hmm. I, I've always kind of been like, I'm just going to make what feels right. So when I was doing the carnage videos, I just kind of was doing what I thought was cool, you know, but I always try to tell a story, a, a, a different kind of story in whatever city we were. Right. You know, which looking back was insane. The amount of like thought I tried to put into like making every city a different 
story. Yeah. So something new was happening every day. Yeah, man. You, know? you guys did some wild, like it was always, which I think is lucky because you got put in a space where you had really cool toys to play with. You know what I mean? Like your characters are dialed. Like each, you developed characters as Dude. well. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have asked like for a better like personality right. of, of an artist to, to start touring with. You yeah. Know? like loud, obnoxious, just like all up in your face and like was all about the camera and having me around, Yeah, you know? And and obviously like along with that, I was meeting like like Carnage at that time. That was like right when he was really making noise and, and a lot of people were recognizing him and then that, you know, it ultimately kind of benefited my craft and right. like being recognized by other artists. Like, oh, you're Carnage guy. Yeah. Like we fuck with you too. Right, you yeah. Know? I remember um, I went to South by Southwest and you were there, yeah. And you got us into some show, and I had ne my EDM experience is zilch. I like rap all day. I got it, dude, to the extent of like I, Skrillex's call nine nine one now, whatever yeah. that shit. I was like, yeah. that's dope, yeah. but I don't understand what the fuck's going on. You, you did come to that South by Southwest show, right? yeah. You got us in. It was okay, cool. dude. You want to be mind blown right now? Do you know who the very first opener on that whole lineup was? Who Post Malone? See. That's fucking because that was, was the, like eight that artists on that night. That it's was crazy. Like, like White Iverson was was you that know? was it. It broke then. It I was going there. through our old hard drives the other day and I almost forgot. You and shot was, him? Well, I mean, it was Carnage's event. Oh, it was, it was his like his thing. Shit. That's and tight. Um, so many people ended up showing up to that thing that like some little riot thing broke out and they actually shut the whole event down. That was and, right when we got there. And Carnage couldn't play. Yeah. But like I was, you know, little recap of Carnage's event at South by Southwest. And I like, I was looking at the footage of them. I'm like, holy shit. Like I was filming Post Malone back in the day. I didn't even realize it was Post Malone. It's crazy, man. The but it's cool, man. You dig through old drives and you actually like look at, you know, people or, or where you were and not realize that certain faces were, it's crazy. Yeah, who's who and shit. That, yeah. I mean, I remember that being like so iconic for post at that time there was a dude rex kudos who produced a bunch of his early shit okay he's a crazy producer yeah, yeah. uh his instagram's literally just plaques it's like unreal really? how many plaques this dude gets. <laughs> but he stayed with us and he was like you guys want to check this out this is this dude post malone i'm like yeah who the fuck is this dude that everyone keeps talking about yeah and he started playing us like a bunch of unreleased shit and we're listening to him I'm like wow this is fire yeah and then i like looked him up and saw a picture of him with like the cornrows and show i'm like wait yeah. what the fuck is this shit? yeah dude you think he's gonna be like this indie artist doesn't matter sidebar um so, so why not go south by southwest I'm there shooting videos and shit yeah. like this. So I'm kind of starting to do this as like a way in, but I still really wanted to do music and shit. Mm -hmm. And I met you and you got us into that. And I was like, oh, cool. Like that's another connect, like whatever. Like you're the dude, you're the, I really I only had like four people I knew that I was like connected to at the time, whatever. Sure, sure. And then when I left and, and started really focusing on studying like what you guys were doing, the way you would piece together the stories were so impressive to me. Thanks, and man. you kind of make it easy for the audience to like, become invested in each person. Sure. You know what I mean? Like sure. truly love the story that's being told versus it just being like a fucking ill ass recap for eight minutes where yeah. it's just like constant recap shit and no story log. Like I want a storyline. I mean, we I mean? had characters like great characters, carnage, Diamante, like surrounded himself with like, with characters yeah. and, and like me being around with the camera, like everyone was down with it and right. do fun stuff. You know, it was like every bus tour we did, like whoever the support was, like they become characters, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, it's fun for, it's it was like fun to watch. I, I stole when I started doing working with Q. Yeah. I remember when I got the call to go on with, tour with him and I was like, I've been waiting for, I want a bus tour so bad. Like, yeah. Like, you know, first I wanted to van, tour in a van, like I want a sprinter tour and yeah, shit. Yeah, like yeah, someday yeah. I'll get to do that. Yeah. But I remember when I got the call with them, I'm like, I'm going to fuck this shit up. And then, 
I was like, yo, stealing Yoder's fucking slow motion shit. I don't give a fuck. I'm stealing that shit. When I watched the first time I remember watching, I was trying to explain it to Darren earlier. Yeah. I was like, dude, he would do this shit where EDM shows are lit, lit. Like yeah, these yeah. people go bananas. Yeah, yeah. And you would, I don't know how, get the illest looking chick to just post up and give you a model pose like fucking in, like she could hear you pitch the idea somehow. And I would just say it. I don't know. There was something that I've, I don't know why I came up with that, but but even the people around like they wouldn't like you know it's hard to get someone to like do some well, shit. Actually, and then everyone I, to be like yo. I mean, I would tell them. I'd be like yo. All right, once you stand here, put your arms like this and just like look look you know sexy as like, fuck. I fuck the camera. <laughs> yeah, and then all you guys around like just go go ham, you know. And it, so you wouldn't you would tell yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um yeah, because <laughs> I st- I did it at Terminal Five, bro. When oh, I went you? to Terminal Five, I was like people started like i would like come in and i remember this guy was like yo you're ben real you're reverse a world or what the fuck is your name your cues guy and i was like yeah. yeah i am yo when i come back tonight if i ever film you just stare at the camera i think <laughs> i want to try i remember pitching it bro yeah it, yeah. it turned out like whatever because he was just like hell yeah 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 didn't do it and i was yeah. like fuck i don't know how you ought to do that <laughs> shit but like man iconic but i i really emulated the way I made my content after the way you did because it's just the structure Thanks, was so fucking down. Thank I you, think bro. so many people miss that shit. I miss making it. Uh, do you? Yeah. Do you, you not know, have you, a chance? You know, you know what's actually crazy is that, um, you know, I've, I've been with Zed now for the past like two years. Yeah, a long time. And um, we, I mean, it's social media and just like the engagement, I'll spend like 40 hours on like a one minute edit or whatever it may be. And it's like, you get, such crap engagement and i think what we're realizing is that like just the raw intimate stuff is like more appealing to people these days because there's like 50 million dj recap videos out there that we're um we're gonna start changing the way that we like shoot content and and put it out good and um actually was talking with management and i kind of i sent them some of my old like chain smoker and carnage videos and i was like these are these are fun like we're doing fun stuff and it's like personable and and I think we're gonna start making some more of that stuff. So I'm kind of excited to like, go yeah, back, go back to the old stuff. Because I mean, you mastered recaps, obviously. Like, yeah. just dialed. You can't go wrong with the Yoda recap. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there is something about being able to, because what you what you make looks so crazy. We all could participate in. Like, I could st- I could see how dope that show was if I paid the ticket. But what you don't get to see is what it's like when the jokes are being cracked on the private jet, or you guys yeah. are fucking in Bali for a day to do jet skis on i don't know you know what i mean whatever yeah, the fuck yeah you that's what the people, people want to see you know and even with the company now like i try to emphasize to a lot of our shooters that are going out on the road i'm like yo look i know that this might be a new artist for you like get a feel for them and like feel them out don't make them feel uncomfortable but like really try to get those like cool fun moments you know yeah. and then it's nice when these you know you, you get artists that take uh take like pride or or interest in like bringing a shooter on full time. That's so important. Mm -hmm. You know, like I know that there's certain artists that maybe they want to cut costs of, of, uh, you know, not flying someone around full time and just finding people in cities. But like, if you, if you have a guy that you can build a connection with and invest the time to get to know one another, the contents can be so much better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, anyone can really do a recap at this point. Like you're talking six months in the game. These kids usually start off on just making something look ridiculously crazy with every shot angle possible drone, this shit, the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But to build a real true TV show or something, yeah. something that I want to enjoy, like a TV show, it's like, you got to really develop with that person, understand their yeah. quirks and like, exactly make them trust you. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. the worst yeah. thing is when you like, turn the camera on and you point at them and they like stop doing whatever they're doing. Cause they're like, oh, yeah. like, or they just get awkward. You yeah. Know? I, I know what you mean. I, I remember like our, our first, uh, 
not our first, but like one of the best videos within the last several months that like we, the engagement was like, <coughs> I was up, uh, so like in my transition, in my transition from, from uh, Chicago to, I mean, I lived out of a suitcase for like seven months right. as of recently until I just found my, my spot that I wanted to live in in San Diego. That's dope. But if I was staying up in LA, I was staying over at Zed's crib and right. like, you know, we'd have the camera around and that was like the perfect time to have camera around. We went over to like, he had to get like his wisdom teeth pulled. I'm like, I'm coming with. They're, yeah, put, they're putting you under, they're putting the laugh ga laughing gas on you and all that stuff. And we made this like little edit out of him just so <laughs> drugged out. Yeah, 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 right. And it was like, it had so much engagement because I feel like that's what it's turned into. Well, I mean, yeah. They, they, people, people just want to, yeah. Like they love that shit, bro. They want to see, they'll stand outside and wait for, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, for you to walk out of the venue to get into a bus or hop in the SUV or whatever, just to be like, ah, and yeah. just yell and shit. And like, yeah. they want to consume whatever is happening behind the stage because they love this person so much. They love whatever they've done in music what so much to be able to like, and I think the thing that turned people off is like the views would be way lower because it's harder mm -hmm. for, to get people at the time to watch in the last like three years. It's hard to get people to watch a 10 minute long. Totally. But then YouTubers turn that shit into a, it's okay to watch a 20 minute video about nothing. Yeah, and they're making that make yeah. sense to the point where it's like, yo, but we're not doing just nothing. Like yeah. we're fucking. You're thinking there's there's, a, like I hate to say it, but there's like an art behind it in a sense of trying yeah. to figure out how to like find the right content that's going to connect with the viewer and and you know get the viewer fully invested. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so. but I mean, you also your the portfolio of what you get to showcase is so much more entertaining or interesting and like worldly to the fact that it's like you were just like, oh we we're just in mexico doing a performance yesterday i'm supposed to go to wherever the fuck you're supposed to go and yeah, yeah. next tomorrow and it's like jesus christ you guys go everywhere yeah the illest places yeah when you're on tour sorry this is a sidebar question no. do you get to uh do you find yourself able to explore shit a lot pending like artist schedule and stuff but do you get a chance to enjoy the cities that you go to or is it kind of in and out at this point it's a lot of in and out <clears throat> i mean edc i mean i just didn't what was it like a week ago I did a, a run with Aoki and it was, I was actually, I set like a new record. I was in four cities in 24 hours. Oh my God. We did Washington DC. I woke up in DC. We flew in the morning from DC to St. Louis, played a sh day show in St. Louis, then flew St. Louis to Vegas, played, you know, Hakkasan at night. And then I was just like, I want to get back to San Diego and be in my bed. So I took like the earliest flight out. And by the time I had landed in San Diego, it was still 24 hours since I took off in DC. <laughs> so, God. I mean, the, the international stuff was really cool touring with, with Zed's camp and, and the team, which it was just like family. Everyone is so, so close. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a great, it's a great crew to be with. We, um, you know, we sometimes like, we're going to go do uh, Omnia Bali out in Bali, like in, I think a month, but we're flying out like four days early just to like go chill. Yeah. Enjoy you know? it. But that, that you know it doesn't happen it doesn't happen a ton right um but it's nice when you get those, those yeah off times and no. it usually happens in like in in nice like like cool destination spots right you know we're not gonna fly like nothing against like denver colorado i actually love denver colorado but we're yeah. not gonna fly to denver like three days early to like <laughs> fucking go yeah what, especially know, with our, our, our schedules you know anytime that we have off everyone always just wants to spend it at home well and, and, and for rest. those dudes it's like each day is a, a bag you know what i mean mm -hmm. like for steve three three sections of a day is a bag you know what i mean like yeah fuck it i'm gonna go here 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 they yeah. can really stockpile that shit which is amazing like the ability to do that yeah so okay so carnage you create this insane series um 
Has he continued that? I, I know you guys, you're not with him full time, obviously. Sure. Did he continue to try to do the, the series? Yeah. Was, or did it die? No, with you? I think, uh, I think, yeah, there was, there was like Kevin Owens, shout out Kevin. He like, he came in after, after I kind of like started touring. I, I kind of just opened myself up. I felt like me and Carnage had like toured the world like five times yeah. around and it was just kind of becoming the same thing. And I started getting hit up by like, some other artists that I just wanted to explore, you know, making, you know, different, different music genre and like a different vibe and right. just like creatively get re more re-inspired. Um, and, um, some other shooters kind of came and go with, with carnage that they continued some of the series. And, but then it was also around that time where like Instagram was starting to let you upload videos, but right. you can only make a one minute video. So yeah. it was like, I feel like Everyone Instagram kind of killed the, a little bit of the they whole probably, like yeah, it's the, easy to blame the long webisode stuff. You Damn, know? that is true. Is it, was uh was it hard parting ways with Carnage or was he op understanding like? Um, it was it was like it was kind of like I think we were both on the same page, right? You know, it was like I'm gonna go like I had it was huge like Tiesto was hitting me up at that time and I was like you know Tiesto's like the legend yeah, of all super. EDM everything right so uh, I was doing some stuff with him and then you know yellow claw and and then uh chain smokers like mm. when roses came out like their early bus tours before they like really really popped off right snails brills I mean you name it. I think that I had one year where I did like 26 artists in one year and then um and then after that it was some heavy some bus tours with with the chain smokers and then a lot of i was doing a lot of like yellow claw and then um like two and a half years ago uh michael george thank you i always thank you for this um mm -hmm. that uh managed martin garrix just hit me up and said hey zed's camp is looking for someone to fill in for like two weeks on a bus tour are you available on these dates i said yeah and uh i hopped on the tour with them and like three days in i got I, the the tour manager of, of Zed like shot me a text. He's like, you know, three days in, I'm trying to impress the whole crew and make sure everything's going good. He's like, hey man, you mind stepping into the office? We were like in Philly, I think. I had to go like find the green room office. I'm like, oh man, I'm screwed. I did something wrong. And he's like, hey, like everyone's super stoked about like what you're doing. What's like your whole next year look like? Holy and shit. I was like, uh, I got a couple gigs. I got a rap, but like, you know, Zed's a great artist like just from being around that crew for like three days I could already tell that this was like a, a, a great match to, yeah. to be around so and yeah and then yeah I've been with, with Zed now for the last like two a little over two years Jesus Christ that's crazy yeah it's what, what do you by, think man. what do you think it was that you did in those first three days that got not only Zed but Zed and the crew because the it's important for people to understand that the artist yes is important to please yeah. but sometimes the quicker access is getting everyone around that person yeah. to champion for you. You know what I mean? Well, I think ultimately it was like the, you know, the turnaround time has become such a thing with like social media. Like, you know, I was cranking out edits and giving them to him the next day that he could put up on social media. And I was just trying to be creative. And that just goes back to like, if you're given a gig, treat it like it's the most important job that you've ever done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I was just, Zed's a, a, a massive name in the electronic scene. And I just really wanted to impress him and his crew. But also like on top of that, like, you have to be, you just have to know when you, to put a camera in someone's face or like when you're stepping into a, a new touring crew that's been touring for a long time, you have to really like play your role and right. like slow your role. Like mm. just kind of quiet and did my thing, got my shots and did, did what I was supposed to do. And I think that, that, you know, they just appreciated me coming in and, and working hard and 
trying to just get a grasp of personalities of whether it was the tour manager or the artist or like production manager or whatever, you know, and just, yeah. just do your thing. Just be there. That's insane. It's, I mean, Zed's career's exploded. Obviously he's well known everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So you guys hit the ground running for the first year is mm -hmm. what tour touring everywhere. Is it, is it bus tours or are you um, flying most of the time? Both. Well, both. actually, no, a lot more flying than bus tours. I think we've done, I think we've done three bus tours since I've been with them. Hmm. And, they're, and they're not really that long of bus tours either. Like go to Europe for like a month and... Dude, I think we just, did, we did like a week and a half, two weeks out on like uh, I always screw this up. They gave me so much shit because I was like, yo, we're about to do a whole UK tour and like we're going to Germany and all this stuff. And they're like, UK. It's like I was I'm like, I'm going to be in UK for the next like two weeks. And I'm like, Germany, UK. <laughs> yeah. But dude, the way that we travel sometimes, like I don't even know where we are. Yeah, right. We're supposed to go to Abu Dhabi tomorrow and people are like, oh, where's Abu Dhabi? I'm like, I have no real idea where Abu Dhabi <laughs> is on the on the map. But the plane will take me there. Yeah. If I, all I got to do is go to LAX or go wherever the fuck and it takes me there. Yeah. That's what's crazy. But I mean like yeah, it was a lot lot a lot more flying than than buses. Right. So when you when you start it's social you, obviously your roles social like yeah. create all anything you can think of photo and video or did you have someone doing photos? Uh Rooks was doing photos okay. and I was doing video. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you f still so um, it, it was, uh, it got to a point where I ended up just doing both. Yeah. I ended up doing photo and video. And then, um, for doing that for like several months with the new production, they got this big production that we brought on tour. They really wanted to get like a photographer. Just, just like, man, it's a doing photo and video. It's a lot of work to yeah. run around, especially when we're playing like massive venues. But like, um, another thing that's just like it's great having an artist that is willing to invest like the time money or energy into like doing it right and yeah. and like hey yoder you know like we just really want you to focus on video and we're gonna bring a photographer on to alleviate like some of your workload but also at the same time like be able to you know get doper photos then you're able to produce yeah, man. you're trying to do a million things during one set god i know it, it becomes exhausting it's like especially you guys play all these massive spaces it's like yeah, yeah. yeah it's a lot to cover i mean every set i'd be running around i remember the other day i was running we were in mexico because mexico edc mexico was a big show and i yeah. found myself running and i was like man i haven't ran like this in a minute <laughs> like because back when i was doing photo and video it was like different lenses different angles photo video you're running everywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like I've been walking around, which is nice. Right. For these last like several months since we brought a photographer on. Yeah, you know? that's dope. But um but yeah. Is the chemistry cool between you and the photographer? Like developing that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. I feel like that's how it is in the creative space in, in general, like the touring field, you know? Yeah. I feel like all DJs, all DJs, they all love each other. And like, you know, whoever their video guys are, like you know, everyone connects. Yeah, right. Know? It's such a cool, like uh it's just cool being out on the road and crossing paths with people in different different areas. There's no like Weird no, no weird like yeah, beef right. or anything like that so d developing the relationship with zed obviously you guys become close yeah i feel like all of the artists you've worked with you've developed that relationship right like yeah yeah now. yeah yeah i mean some some artists like connect differently you right. know and there's nothing wrong with that it's just a matter of like everyone at the end of the day as far as the artists go everyone's got like their own different personality right but um but yeah me and zed have been like especially with like my, I was living in Chicago and, and like, it was like nine months ago, I was going through some like personal stuff. And I was like, you know, I need to get out of Chicago. And he like immediately was like, dude, sell all your stuff. Come stay with, st come stay at my crib for however long you want. He was kind of going through something at the time. We kind of like, that's when we got like really close. Wow, that's amazing. Um, and then, you know, 
on top of it, like I said, our touring crews, our touring crew is really awesome. I'm really, I'm really blessed to be with such a great, right, great crew and great dude. Zed's like one of the nicest people ever. Yeah, he seems nice. Is yeah. it? Is it? Um, is there long form content that you think about when you're shooting too? Do you guys think like, oh, there could be a documentary at some point, or we'll do this and that? Like, do you, you know th- shoot like that? I mean, sometimes like sometimes but like the last like year or so it's just been like let's just make as much social media content and just like recyclable content right you know like 90 percent of the time i'm shooting stuff that's going to go on his story and then it's going to be gone in 24 hours crazy right yeah it's crazy but um you know he's done a couple documentaries in the past oh, okay so i feel like he's kind of covered the whole you know docu- docu- documentary game right you know, for for the meantime yeah. but um yeah so starting the company let's go into that cool this formulates i know people have heard it through joe's but i'd love to hear your angle of it how did how did it come to be for you and was it just the need of like man i'm getting hit up a fuck ton and i can't micromanage all this shit unless it makes sense for me obviously so we got to put a price point on this shit yeah yeah i would just you know i'd recommend people to certain artists and maybe something would slip up or and then obviously like i just would i would feel responsible for the fact that it didn't go right even though it necessarily wasn't you it wasn't me right um but you know i've always just been very conscious of like my image or my name and you know like anyone should yeah and uh, i didn't want anything like reflecting bad against me so then carnage had carnage had made it like that point years ago like man you should boss up and make a company and i just wasn't there and then fast forward years down the road which was like maybe a year and a half ago i actually did start trying to invest some time in some younger shooters to put out on the road yeah um and I think it was like I was budgeting something for like a Jaws bus tour. And then I found out like J Lark and James were like budgeting something for the same tour. And then, and we're all homies to right. begin with, you know? And I just hit him up. I was like, dude, I feel like between the three of us, if we started this and, and made it into something, like it, it could be something big. And they had kind of been doing it for a little while. But then, like, once we all decided just to, to us three do it together that's yeah. like when everything kind of like kicked into to full gear and we really took it serious well there's something about creating a name that's powered by people that have massive experience and clout in the game you know what i mean yeah. like to have obviously that's like why businesses are started but it's easier for these artists to really truly trust your guys' judgment exactly exactly like we said i think collectively between me jay lark and james we've all um we've all like collectively worked with over 100 artists wow before we even like started this thing you know and now we're now we're starting to get like new clients and new artists coming to the company that want you know to us to oversee or manage and and put like very um creative people on their tours and stuff so what's your what's your exact role within the company i mean it sounds like you guys all three divide and conquer the exact same like yeah. you guys kind of run it that way yeah, right? yeah yeah i think like me and me and jay lark joe do like a lot more of like the touring side of city the touring side of stuff and uh, like help manage and and tie the dots on all that stuff right managing shooters or overseeing content um talking with business management just making sure everyone's happy on the road and everything's going smooth right um and then james is like really tied in with like the festival scene like he gets like you know some nice larger projects of like running festival crews sure. and stuff like that but he still like does he still does some of like the touring stuff and then me and joe also oversee festival stuff too but like this this past year developing the company we really just kind of focused on like the touring and like festival scene but like moving into 2020 we're going to want to start 
you know, like we're having some meetings with, with some more like commercial, uh, big brand names and stuff like that. We would like to start diving into like the brands that are involved in the festivals. Or are you talking about just like branded content? like Nike or yeah, Yamaha yeah, yeah. or like Adidas or, sure. you know, like bigger, bigger budgets where we can get, you know, I mean like music industry is not, you know, budgets are not the same as what you would get for like a commercial project or something. I know. With, yeah. <laughs> I <feel it> <laughs> and, and we want to like start taking, you know, getting some like big, bigger budgets to do some like bigger projects. And we have so many talented and creative people that we've surrounded ourselves with and, and that we've connected with that. Like if we can get these proper budgets to make some bigger stuff, like right. go in. Right. No, you that's know? fucking awesome, dude. Like, I think the first really good example of like something like that was, like law excisions lost lands festival out uh i forget what state it's in but like uh, we had winter halter had brought like annie yeah cash bunny and right. like all these other great creatives that like you know someone's really good at like after effects or maybe someone's really good at drone and all this you know and putting that all together into one thing it was like becoming kind of like a new thing right so yeah it's like a step in this next level for because i mean the power is that you guys have the ability to package multiple creators where those concepts can't come to life with one person it's just like damn yeah. near impossible obviously yeah, yeah, yeah so you guys have the ability to cover so much ground so like what did you say like you would take on an entire festival as a client and then provide like all the creators for a festival specific like oh cool we want to make sure we have someone covering all four of our stages and et yeah. cetera, et cetera. like you guys could handle you guys handle all that type of shit yeah you normally feel like the festival you just set up a call and they just give you the rundown of all the things that they want covered and how many stages and and then you know we start reaching out to all the creators that we're connected with and say, Hey, you want, are you available for these dates? Would you like to come on and work on this project? And then, you know, just piece everything together and then roll in with like a, a, a dope crew. And that's also like, you know, the company's not also just trying to do that, but we're trying to like make, make a, uh, just make a community in a sense, right. you know, it's so cool. Like seeing now that we're getting so many, like we, the other week we had, I think eight shooters out on the road with specific artists. And it's like three of them are all in Brazil and they're all kind of like meeting each other. And it's That's like, oh, Curza, like every, you know, people are repping the shirts when they're on the ground. So yeah. people start identifying each other. And it's like, it's cool to see like creators, link for yeah. that reason. It's like, yeah. they're, they're going to build lifelong bonds after that. Yeah. Shit. I mean, look at you three, you know, already and what you guys hold down. And then for these young artists that are coming up or young creators, whatever, mm -hmm. that goes a long way, man. It's, I mean, they're going to create their own shit someday. And it's cool, man. Like I'm not, I don't really realize it at times, but some of these shooters that we're putting out on the road, they're like so appreciative. Like, thank you for taking the time and like investing in me and believing in me and like helping me get these gigs. Like, yeah. Like I, I, you know, some of them are like, I've been trying to do this for the last like three or four years, but no one's like giving me. me the chance to do it. And I'm like, well, dude, I think your stuff's cool. And like, we'll work together and I hope like oversee stuff and make sure that like artists understands this, you understand that yeah. or whatever and make it work. How do you go about vetting or finding these creatives that are interested in being part of the team? Like what, what's your guys' process that you, or, or what do you look for the most? I mean, it's just like, it's so bad. I just got like that reminder this morning that like your screen time went up 16% last week because you were like on Instagram for like five hours the other day. Brutal, bro. But yeah, that's, it's all social media, you know, like a lot of people hit me up and, and send little messages or whatever it is. And, and like I said, I always try to make a real, a real good effort to like always hit someone back or if it's emails or whatever it may be. And I spend the time actually like looking at people's work and, yeah. and saying like, this guy's really dope or maybe this guy you know needs a couple more years or whatever it may be so yeah the majority of the, the creators we find 
in passing on the road mm-hmm. you know it's nice to put like a, a name to a face to a name right and um and just social media seeing right. seeing work is is uh is it challenging you know with their schedule is that mm-hmm. ch- is it challenging running the business from on the, while on the fly like um emails yeah, yeah. fucking well it's it's now it's now now it's starting like like i said we're starting to have like anywhere between like last week was we had seven shooters on the road the week before that was like eight shooters and it's like it's it's starting to get like yeah it's busy man nice. I mean, i'll like go shoot a gig and then i'll come back and i'll edit all my zed stuff and then i'll spend like an hour doing emails for like the company and right. then you know maybe i gotta sh- set my alarm a little bit early in the morning before i gotta be in the lobby to fly somewhere to do more emails or yeah you know it's just always trying to like use your time wisely do you see yourself trying to like slow down in the creative game to focus on the company more does that seem like something that gets gets you excited or do you want to find this like solid balance where you can just like i mean it's like it's crazy i feel like there's just been so many uh like my journey or my career of like doing the video stuff just a lot of things have fallen into place like kind of at the right time yeah i've never really forced things and with with uh going into 2020 like Zed's schedule has slowed down a little bit because he's spending more time in the studio. And, and when I was like, cool, my, my tour schedule is going to be a little bit more chill, but like that's going to allow me to like focus more time on, on yeah. the company and Curza and like really build it, building it. Yeah, you know? for sure. So yeah, right now I'm, uh, it just kind of, it kind of hap- happened to, to pan out that way. No, that's dope. Fuck man. What, when you travel, cause I know we'll wrap it up soon. We've been chatting for a minute. When you travel, what's your, how do you set up, your fucking suitcase. Oh man. I want to know the suitcase game and your backpack game. Cause I want to, I want to just, let's just analyze this for a sec. Cause there's a key to this shit. Some people just throw shit in the bag and roll. Yeah. Are you like that? Or do you have one of those fucking things that you could like pull it out as multiple shells and dude, I can like pack my suitcase in like two minutes when I'm like getting ready to go for a tour. Yeah. I was packing it the other day. I was like, all right, I know I got to go to EC Mexico, but then I'm going to be in LA for two days and I'm going to go to Abu Dhabi and then we're going to Australia. So I think I'm going to be like, gone for like two and a half weeks. <laughs> All right, cool. I need like twelve shirts. I need like seventeen yeah. pairs of socks. Gotta have so many socks. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean it's hard to explain. I guess one side's like glide cam, tripod, other like any kind of gear mixed with socks and an extra pair of shoes. Yes. And like a jacket. And then the other side is all my shirts and pants and shorts and, and then like my travel kit or like toothpaste nice. and toothbrush and stuff i like it what with your camera bag yeah you have two cameras how many lenses mm, one two, i think six six lenses six lenses six lenses two camera bodies a drone gopro uh 360 camera <coughs> you no i haven't done it it's fun it's cool i like watching them but <laughs> i haven't i haven't done them right yeah. they when okay this is my last dumb question that I want to ask. Yeah. If you get to a show, mm-hmm. it's a normal, would you say like your shows are usually festivals or is it like they're headlining shows, like they're headlining like a arena or whatever the fuck? Oh, like it's like, it's Zed's own show. Yeah. Zed is Zed usually doing his own shows or is it just like festival after festival? Cause it's just easier. It's just a mixture. It's a mixture. Yeah. All right. So for a festival, what's your day breakdown for like how you prepare for a show? Um, Man, I mean, like, I guess I can just like run you through EDC Mex. Well, yes. that one's a little bit more complicated because there was like some some traveling stuff. But like, 
I guess the other closest show to that would, would be like Aoki a, a week ago. We went and did like Washington DC. Right. So it was like, I just get up actually the night before I always pack all my stuff the night before. And then I get up in the morning so that everything's packed. And it's like 15 minutes till I have to order an Uber. If it's an early flight, get up, order the Uber, travel to wherever the city is. And then hit the ground and then like I don't know there's something about when I'm on tour if I'm not like filming or using my time wisely I feel like I'm doing something wrong right so like I got I landed in DC like we were right around the corner from the White House one filmed the White House and one filmed some other monument and and then I you know I hit up Steve and went me and him shot a couple things together and then uh what did we do we like grabbed a quick bite to eat and then um drove to some like rock uh, screamo band show because Steve used to be in like screamo band yeah. scene back in the day, and uh, what band was it? Do you remember? Refused. Okay, I think it was cool. Um, but yeah, we went and went and saw a show, and then we went from there over to Echo Stage DC, the the venue, and we played the venue, and then we went back, fi- you know, finished the show, go back to the hotel. I got like four or five hours of sleep, and then woke up the next morning, and then went. So do you stay you stay tied to the hip with the artists usually, or or do you have time to like, are you having time to go scout the stages and do all that shit since it's like a new setup? Are you going in and checking out like? I don't know. Points? No, I don't really. I don't. I've never really scouted venues. I mean, it's crazy, man. Like a lot of. I mean, like Echo Echo Stage DC. Like the other day, other week. Like I think that was like the eighth time playing that, that oh, place. Right. You know, okay, right. a lot of these venues are the same, but it's not. It's not too hard to navigate around. I feel like for a videographer, photographer, you don't really need to do like a sound check for yourself and like figure things out. But yeah, I mean, it's depending on who the artist is, you know, with Zed being with him, I'm, I'm usually like, you know, wherever he's going to be, I'm I'm probably going to be. Right. So, um, damn, man, this was a fucking solid ass. Was it? Yes. This was great guys. They're all head nodding. Yeah. (laughs) We did good, man. How long has it been? I don't know. Let's check. It has been an hour and 39 minutes. Holy crap. It's a fucking good, uh, I mean, I could always add, you know, this little guy. Where's the blue one? <laughs> the, what, the Dave one? You're just going to start firing off on these things. This is where everyone stops listening to the podcast. <laughs> okay, oh shit. All right, my that wasn't the one I was looking for. <laughs> no, man, no, this is good. So, okay, to yeah. wrap this up, this yeah, is what yeah. I do. Yes. You get to pick a hashtag. Hashtag. So anyone that's listening that made it an hour, 40 minutes, we appreciate it. Um, but... We want you to go to the YouTube. There's a YouTube video for this. So you okay. can also listen to it on like Apple or Spotify. Okay. On the YouTube video, I want them to go and comment the hashtag you're about to pick. Okay. And they're also going to comment one takeaway that they got from this interview. You can post okay. more, but we want to see at least one takeaway because I want people, obviously this is for people to learn. Sure, sure, sure. So what hashtag do you want? What am I hashtagging? Yep. I guess hashtag Yoder. That's pretty easy. It's pretty easy, right? Yeah. It's kind of weak, bro. Was it supposed to be something creative or is it something for people to be able to search I just say you can pick whatever you want, and I'm just telling you, it's kind of weak. Hashtag Yoder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hashtag uh, what the fuck ever you said at the beginning of this podcast. What did I say? Let's get it cocking. <laughs> Let's get it cocking. Uh, no, man, this was dope. I'm so yeah. glad we got to do this Thanks shit. For having You're me. fucking beast, bro. Man, for real. Thank you for you having me. You the way for mad motherfucking creators. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I, yeah, I guess so. And you're going to keep doing it. I mean, the company's going to keep doing that shit. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome what you're doing for yeah. people. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I love real. what you're doing, man. This is great. People get to learn and, and yeah, it's fucking see fun dope, shit. dope creatives come on here and talk. I feel like it's like kind of our job. Like if we're not, if there's nothing that we're doing to give back, like you're a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of times I see assholes running around. I'm just like, man, come on. You got, 
Just well, be your best people. version of yourself. Be nice like that. Take care of people. Give advice when you can. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, that's you. it. That's it. Cool. We'll wrap it up on this. What do you have? Anything else you want to say to these people listening, watching? Be you. Enjoy life. I don't know. <laughs> All right, cool. That's it. Thanks for watching, guys. Thank you. Woo! That's it for episode 164. Huge shout out to Chris Yoder for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you, bro. Um, we would love it if you guys dropped your biggest lessons that you learned from this episode in the comment section of our YouTube channel. If you listen on audio, we invite you to come over to YouTube so you can look at our pretty faces. You know what I'm saying? Um, and lastly, follow us on Instagram at Black Window Cream to catch the highlights from every new interview that we drop on Wednesdays and Sundays. Uh, our shit's popping, so if you're not there, you fucking weak. All right, uh, that's it for today's episode. Enjoy the work week. Keep creating, and we'll see you in a few days, you bitch. <laughs>